fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right of his. Hey, it's a Friday. Pat yourself on the back. You finally made it to the end of the week. Welcome into the program. It's always great to have you along for the ride today. What's up? Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country multiple radio stations tv live streaming and podcasting however you watch or listen to the show welcome aboard we love you to death your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day got a big show lined up for you today terry jeffrey he is a contributor political contributor consultant as well writer for cns news show of hands anybody know cns news they focus a lot on budgetary issues financial issues they come out with like the quarterly statements on how well the government's not spending gov- uh, money appropriately. <laughs> so we have Terry coming on the show. We'll talk about we're on borrowed time. Have you heard? We're on borrowed time at the federal level. Maybe. Does it want to play? Oh, let's try that again. Let's try that again. We're on borrowed time in America. Okay. There we go. Thank you. Helps if I have my board actually set up right here. Uh, so the debt ceiling was officially yesterday. We've capped off. We cannot spend any more money on anything. The uh, Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department say that they are doing, quote-unquote, extraordinary measures in order to try and keep the budget funded properly until June when we officially run out and we can't do anything longer. They've yet to say, though, and I'm curious on what it is because they've yet to say what those extraordinary measures are. I'm not quite sure. They just say that they're dealing with extraordinary measures to try and keep our debts Funded So that way we don't default on our funding. As I said on the program yesterday, and we're not going to go down that road a whole lot today as much, at least uh, right now until we talk with Terry at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I'm curious on, number one, what those extraordinary measures are. And I propose that we do a swap, that we do some reappropriating just a little bit. That if you want to spend on a project here, you need to cut from a project over here. According to the Biden administration, they say that the uh, spending cuts that the Republicans are proposing is a non-starter, which is great. Cool. That's okay. That's your position. Our non-starter is raising the debt ceiling. And I mean, when I'm not raising the, I not raising a debt ceiling by a penny, not a penny more. You are already spending 100% of the GDP is how far we're in debt right now. Back in 2008, just oh so long ago at the prior to the Obama administration, we had a law where you couldn't actually spend more than 40% of the GDP in our debt which is why you couldn't spend 40% more than the actual federal budget. Conveniently, that's when we stopped actually passing a federal budget. And now we've gone from 39% of borrowing against our GDP to 100%. They want to raise it up now to 120% of our national GDP. So we could take every penny from every man, woman, and child across this nation, every bit of money that's in the private sector, and that would barely pay off everything that we have right now, and they want to increase it even more so. That's like saying that I'm going to raise up for, if you make, I don't know, what's the medium income now, $60,000 a year, that you make $60,000, you're going to have a credit card that's capped off at $60,000 that's entirely your one-year salary where you don't have any living expenses, you don't have any debt, you have anything else. That If it all went on there, your entire paycheck, your entire year would just go towards that. And they said, let's go ahead and raise that up now to $100,000 and let's cap it off there so that way even your entire year's salary wouldn't pay off what you actually owe 
to this credit card. That's stupid, and you shouldn't live that way. Just throwing that out there. So, that being said, we'll talk with Terry about that here in just a little bit. Uh, that was my little rant for the beginning of the show. The good news that we had today, what's going on in the world today? What's trending today? What's trending today? Well, we did have the pro-life American, the March for Life, the one on in Washington, D.C. today. And I saw some of the video. It looked like a pretty decent turnout, which is encouraging to me because uh, usually Republicans have a hard time actually showing up to rallies because we actually work for a living. So it's difficult for us to actually show up and show support for certain events. This one, however, is a big one where people plan around to make this trip to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And it was particularly significant this year, obviously, because it was the first one that we've had since the reversal of Roe v. Wade at the federal level. Now, here's the crazy part, is that while the reversal happened, remember what happened directly after the reversal of Roe v. Wade was that the Biden administration lost their minds and tried to spread this uh, misinformation. Literally, it was misinformation. You are fake news. Yeah, it really was where they were trying to tell people that now abortion is banned across the nation and that you're probably going to die in the streets if you have some type of medical ailment and you need an abortion for a medical purpose, which statistically is about 0.2% of all the actual abortions that really happen. But that's what they try to say, that it was illegal now and that you were going to die because you wouldn't have any access to it and how we are reversing women's rights back to like the 1920s. Not true on any form or fashion. So what Joe Biden did was just a slew of executive orders. And it was really not executive orders that would protect abortion, but it was protecting the telemedicine abortion and the pills. It would protect certain contraceptives. It was protecting all this stuff that was never even a discussion that anybody was having. Do we want to get rid of contraceptives? No, that's a really stupid thing to do. No one has even proposed that idea. All Roe v. Wade did was reverted back down to the states for the states to make their own decisions. Now, this is the beauty of a federalist system where you can have states that do their own social experiments to decide how they want their state to be run. Here in Kansas, where I hail from, unfortunately, even with a red state, we've uh, held up abortion to be really, I guess, a really important thing that everybody has to have because our laws here in our state say that the Kansas Supreme Court gets to make the decision And they passed a law saying that it's constitutionally protected. And when we tried to present a constitutional amendment last year that didn't ban it, but just said, no, the courts don't have the say, the elected officials in the legislature had the say on abortion rights in the state, we ended up voting that down. So essentially our Kansas Supreme Court that is very far left, and that's another conversation we'll have at another time if you're interested for those that live outside of the state, uh, the very left-wing progressive liberal Supreme Court justices in our state have full reign to decide what is constitutional and not, and they've decided that abortion is one of the number one priorities, apparently, in our state. We're working on trying to change that. More information to come later. Other states, for example, like our neighbor in Missouri, Missouri's completely banned abortion and has gone to the extent of even trying to create civil lawsuits against those that go to other states to get abortion services, which I think is a little far-fetched and a little extreme as well. We're not going to do it here, but you have the prerogative. If you choose to go out of state and go somewhere else, we can't stop you from doing that. We can only decide what we want to do within our borders. I think that's taking it to a little bit far. And then, of course, there's a wide range of everything in between there as well across different states. So this is an important issue, obviously. And I don't want to talk about the abortion issue itself a whole lot because it's a very touchy subject for many. It's very emotional for many. And we don't need to go down that road. However, it is encouraging that we see a March for Life uh, movement in Washington, D.C. to show the importance of this issue now that we have, in my opinion, more control over the issue. 
Now that it's at the statewide level, it's much easier to dictate good or bad one way or the other at a state level as opposed to the federal government where we see very little representation going on up there on this type of issue particularly. So the states now can make that decision. In fact, Kansas now, because of what's going on here, they're looking at a bill to even move it down to the county level and say one county can ban it as opposed to a different county. I don't know if that could necessarily work, but it's an interesting thought. And again, it's worth considering if other states are looking at the same type of issue of bringing it back down and saying even the state shouldn't have it. I think that's a little tricky personally because I think that if federal money's there or if tax money at the statewide level's there, then it's going to be a statewide operation, not a county-by-county operation. So that's a little bit tricky. I see what they're trying to do, and I give you all the props in the world to try and go after that, but kudos to you. At the federal level, there is a new bill that has been presented by Congressman Andrew Clyde from the great state of Georgia, where him, along with 90 other House Republicans, are behind a bill called the uh, called the Unborn Act to Congress. Now, it's supposed to be somewhat protecting life at the federal level, the unborn act of Congress, but unborn is for undo the negligent Biden orders right now. And the whole purpose at the congressional level is the fact that they want to repeal a lot of the Joe Biden executive orders, which that sounds great. It's not going to change anything. It's not really going to do a whole lot because the things that he protected were already protected and no one was even going after in the first place, like contraceptives, for an example, uh, when it comes to the abortion issue. So we can undo the executive orders, but it's not really going to change anything. The battle needs to be at the at the statewide level, back down at the local activist level across the nation. Uh, but I guess it would be a feel-good bill. And even if it does pass the House of Representatives and Republicans pass this, it's not going to go anywhere else. We don't have the majority in the Senate. We don't have the signature from Joe Biden, which we wouldn't need in this case by undoing his executive orders. But it's a great thought, and I'm glad we're focused on the issue. Uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, but at least we are working on it. There, It's still an issue going on behind the scenes, and I'm glad that we're focusing on it behind the scenes. All right, the other issue is today. What's trending today? And we knew this was going to happen. We told you this before, and we've talked about this briefly, but the ongoing now debate regarding the banning of, uh, again, this is, I guess, the social experiment when it comes to federalism and states doing what they want to do, and even at the local levels. But apparently cities now across the nation are really taking a serious look at this banning of gas stoves in the home. For those that are not watching the live streams right now, this is a major eye roll. Really? How long have we had uh, gas stoves? Probably, what, 50, 60, 70, 80 years that we've had gas stoves. Natural gas or propane coming into the house, and you can burn your food on there, and people actually like them. I have one myself in my home. Mrs. Voice of Reason loves it, and she requested, I want a natural gas stove because, for us, it burns better. Now, with that being said... The Democrats, for whatever reason, they have this weird fetish and obsession with electric. Electricity. We need all the vehicles to go electric. We need all your utilities in your home to go electric. We need trucks to go electric. We need everything to go electric. Why? I don't know. They have this weird obsession with electricity. And I ask them where electricity actually comes from, which is usually coal or you know, oil or something, but they don't have an answer for that. Well, we're going to make it clean electricity. Okay. Good luck with that. You know, all the power to you. But the real reason, I think at least, 
the only thing that makes sense, because I don't understand what the fascination is, is for the weird micromanagement control, the weird obsession to micromanage your entire life. Also, so they can centralize the entire electric grid, because right now I think this really came about big time and the movement started just a year or two ago when we had that massive cold stint. Remember that? And all the natural gas went up, skyrocketed, and all the electric grids and the different power grids across the country that were regional as opposed to national, they were struggling and they were doing their thing. So that gave them the cue to say, hey, we need to centralize all of the power grids into one central location as opposed to different grids that are around the nation regionally. Because that's just too much to handle. We need to have full control over it. Kind of like what they did with the media industry. Remember way back when, what was this, 2010, 2011, when they first started doing the national EAS? Because they wanted to be able to push a button under Barack Obama, push a button and take over every radio and every TV station across the nation. And it still failed miserably and it didn't work half the time. And I still don't think it works right now. But they've been working on that because they want the centralized control and power. Now they're doing it with the power grid. And the best way and the streamlined way for them to do so is with the electric grid. Make it all one source so you can't have the choice between electric or gas. It's all one source, and it's all centralized into one area. So number one, if we have to, we can flip the switch and turn everybody's off. But number two, it's so much easier to micromanage, so much easier to control. And they say, like they did with healthcare, that it's going to be cheaper. If we centralize it this way, then we can actually make it cheaper because we can redistribute power where people need it in certain areas. And we can take care of you. My question is, how well did that work out for the healthcare industry when your premiums and deductibles doubled and tripled across the nation? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Freedom, reason, common sense. You know, whatever works for you. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch the program, we love you to death. Appreciate you very much. So, I got to be honest. I thought this whole banning propane and gas stoves was a joke. I thought it was like the AOC radicals. Like, oh, now, remember their whole plan, the Green New Deal that AOC proposed was to spend trillions of dollars to reinvest and literally rebuild every building. They want to tear them down. They were going to rebuild them so they can make it more economic. They can make them more green, efficient, environmentally friendly, whatever they want to do. They literally passed a, were trying to pass a bill that wanted to tear down buildings and build everything from scratch with today's times. Just update everything across the board which is completely unfeasible, but that's what they wanted to do. It was such a joke that Republicans actually put it up when we had the majority of both chambers. They put it up for a vote in both chambers to get Democrats on the record to show how silly and stupid this bill actually was. And even the co-sponsors of the bills in the Senate, like uh, Spartacus, like Kamala Harris, that co-sponsored the bill for AOC and the House of Representatives, they ended up voting against it or not voting at all in that bill because they knew it was a joke. Now those things are being implemented in different ways, and cities are actually taking this seriously. Cities of Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, obviously all California, Seattle, Washington, and New York City, those liberal cities across the nation, they're actually looking at it. 
According to Fox News, cities include L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, and New York, which are collectively home to more than 10 million Americans, have enacted varying restrictions on natural gas hookups impacting gas-powered furnaces, ovens, and stoves. What? We're really doing this. This is the direction we want to go. This is what we want to do. A restaurant owner in New York City was on Fox News laughing at this as well, t- saying this. The government for the last three years, it's complete government overreach. They're asking the wrong question. The question they should ask is how can we improve? And what we do at our restaurants, we have scrubbers. We have high-tech filtration systems. We, you know, we, 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 do, we are concerned. I have three teenage daughters. We are concerned about staying as green as possible. But let me tell you, like, for example, we are opening up um, Brooklyn Dumpling Shop. We have like five or six of them in development right now that are electric kitchens. Hmm. It actually works with some fast casual restaurants. We're opening Yukon in stores on Wednesday. It's a 100% electric kitchen. So it's not one size fits all. And that's the problem with government when they tap into small businesses, when they've never run a lemonade stand, they're making decisions for us that do not work. They should be asking the questions, how do we improve and where does electric fit and where it doesn't? At Brooklyn Chop House, at Papa's Taverna, my other restaurants, you can't, you can't cook a wok. With, with, a, with an electric pad? <laughs> Doesn't work. Doesn't work, that audio from Fox News on that one. So the question is why? Like, why, why are they doing this? Where is this coming from? Because it came out of nowhere. They've never talked about natural gas before, other than it's evil and it's bad and we're raping the earth of its resources. They've never talked about that stuff before with, with the stoves, with the furnaces. They've never done this before. Where is this coming from? Well, we called it. We knew this was going to happen. That now that the COVID-19 pandemic, that was the nice social experiment for them to say, oh, hey, if it's a health risk, people will just blindly go along with what they're saying. They'll blindly go along with what we want them to do. As they say now, according to the CDC and the Scientific American Newsletter, they say that gas stoves burn natural gas, which generates a number of invisible byproducts and carcinogens for human health. That includes nitrogen dioxide, and the gas is produced when it burns at high temperatures, and it's help and it's harming individuals with respiratory illnesses. You have a hard time breathing. It's because of the carcinogens that are in your gas stove that's burning there and you're breathing it in and you're all going to die unless you change it. Now, you've been doing it for 80 years, but you're all going to die if unless you start transitioning now because it's all for your health. We're looking out for you. <laughs> it's hilarious. Terry Jeffrey, right around the corner of CNS News. We'll talk about the debt ceiling and a heck of a lot more. Wrapping up your Friday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, man, so much news, so little time. We could talk about everything for hours on this program. Hopefully you enjoyed as well, keeping you somewhat entertained. Welcome back in. By the way, I am working on a couple different new Voice of Reason products for our infomercial line. Hopefully we'll have them ready by next week, because i probably work on some of those this weekend. We'll see. Sometime next week we should have some. Obviously, there's a lot of different news where we could have some fun with them and have some of our... If you're new to the program and don't know what the heck I'm talking about, just wait and see. Stay tuned in next week. So we have our satire infomercials as if we're selling a product. 
one of these days we're actually going to have them as real gag gifts where you can buy them as uh, fun little gag gifts. But for now, we are making them as infomercials as if you'd be up late at night in the middle of the night watching at 2 a.m. on TV and buy this right now. And we make some of those satire bits with some of the political events that are ongoing. So we have some in the works. I have about two or three of them in mind that I'm working on. So we'll uh, release those sporadically over the next few weeks. Stay tuned in for those. Uh, but with some of the news going on, I have to deviate for just a second here. By the way, Terry Jeffrey not able to join us right now. We'll try and get him on the program here uh, later on. If not, we'll reschedule for another time. Not a big deal. But uh, I had to laugh yesterday, and if you missed it, I filled in for Mark Walters, host of Armed American Radio. I uh, ended up doing that show yesterday with the time that the news broke regarding Alec Baldwin's uh, charges against the shooting that he was involved in on the scene of Rust. That, that movie that he was filming at the time where the gun went off the assault weapon finally assaulted somebody on its own, right? <laughs> well, for those that don't know, he's officially been charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter that could lead in the state of New Mexico where it was happening up to 18 months in jail and a $5,000 fine. I think that's a little weak, a little bit of a slap on the wrist, and just move on about your day. And with someone like Alec Baldwin, with how much money he has, he'll take bail, he'll do the house arrest, he'll get the nice little ankle bracelet, and then he'll live a nice cushy life while he complains about being a victim in the situation because how the gun wasn't his responsibility to handle when he was in that scenario. Now, the same gal, the armorer that was in this as well, she's also being charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter, which I can wholeheartedly agree that she should be just as uh, re- responsible for this as what Alec was. But at the end of the day, it's, and we talked about this again, if you want to hear it, you can go back to Armed American Radio's podcast and listen to the program. I thought it was a great episode as we talked about it. But uh, remember, if you handle firearms in any way, shape, or form, you know how this works. If you want to show somebody a gun, whether it's a toy gun, a real gun, or whatever, especially on a set like this, what do you do? You take out the clip, you take out the bullet out of the chamber, you make sure it's completely clean, you show them as you're like emptying everything out here, you open it up, you do your thing, you turn it around backwards, you hand it to them, you will grip it tightly until they acknowledge that they've gripped the firearm, and then they grab it, and then they look at it as they open it up and check the chamber and check the magazine, and they look at the gun while they're inspecting it like, wow, this is totally cool, dude, I totally love this gun. And it's that double set of security, that double layer of safety when you look at a firearm, that's how things are supposed to be done. You don't just get it handed to you and say, okay, cool, I know what I'm doing, and then go about it. The only other thing, and I'll kind of move on here from my little rant on Alec Baldwin because he's an idiot, and the only reason I'm so tough on him right now is because he's such an anti-Second Amendment advocate that it, you know, God forbid someone died here. It's horrible. But shame on you for being such a hateful individual about an issue and then it happened to you because you have no clue what you're doing with the tools of the trade. Uh, I use the analogy of anybody watch Keanu Reeves in the John Wick movies. If you've ever seen any of the behind-the-scenes training and action that he's done in there, he's at the range, and he knows how to use every one of those firearms meticulously and safely as he goes down the range with the handguns and the long rifles and the shotguns and everything else that he uses in those movies. He knows how to use them. He's familiar with them. Because as someone who acts and uses those tools, I would think, at least if I were an actor, I would want to understand the tools of the trade. If I was portraying a doctor on set, I would want to go to a hospital with a doctor and actually see how they use the tools that they use. And practice and hold them and grip them and see how they grip them and hold them and use them. So that way, 
it's as accurate as possible, and you're semi-familiar with it because you would be dedicated that way. He's a hack actor. He's a hack of a of a of an individual. He's completely far left and so anti-gun that he didn't want anything to do with them. And it you know it came back to bite him. And you know what? Because he wasn't prepared for what's going on on the set. So he's being charged. Who knows? His attorneys still continue to play the defend, defend. He's a victim. It's not his fault. And shame on him for going down that road. All right. I want to get back to what we're talking about here with the latest and what's trending. What's trending we today? Have natural gas stoves that are being banned. Okay, whatever. The large cities are the ones doing this. Now, the real concern here is I'm assuming I don't have the largest amount of listeners in these big cities of San Francisco and San Diego and Seattle, Washington. Although Seattle, Washington, we have some listeners up there, obviously, uh, with our station. But then we have New York City as well. Probably don't have a whole lot of listeners there. So this really doesn't affect a lot of you that are listening to the program right now. However, most of the time, that's where the trends start. Let's be honest. That's where the trends start. When they start something, it takes a while, but it bleeds down our way to the point to where we get completely squeezed out of it. What they're going to start doing if this ends up working is they're going to just, when they build a new building, when they build new places, when they renovate new places, there will no, not be any adapters. There will not be any hookups. There will not be any way to even include gas furnaces or gas stoves in new buildings, whether it's a restaurant or a hotel or an individual residential home or whatever it may be. They just won't include them. And then when your stuff begins to break down in your own personal home, you won't be able to find the replacements. You won't be able to buy them. When your stove finally goes kaput and you have to get a new one, there won't be any left on the market. When you go to the store, wherever you to fill in the blank store of wherever you go to actually buy your appliances, there won't be any. They will all be electric. They will squeeze you out of the market until you have to, and you're forced to go in and actually do the transition. Same with the vehicles. That's what their goal is. They're excited. They're, the end of the year report for 2022, they ran the report of saying, oh, look, there was a 10% of all vehicles in the country in the United States were electric vehicles last year. 10%. That's awesome. We're making ground. More people are buying them. You know why more people are buying them is because that's the only option you have now. If you go to a car dealership and you buy a brand new car, you're either getting an electric vehicle or a hybrid. They're not doing the 1980s awesome big F-150 truck that's a gas guzzler and gets eight miles to the gallon. They're not giving you those anymore. So when they say, oh, and more people bought EVs, yeah, because you have no other choice. And then they parade it around and to go to the mainstream media and say, hey, look at that. People really love it because that's what people are buying. We took away, we had option A and option B. You took away option B and then you parade around that more people are buying option A. Common sense has completely lost that conversation. So... The reason they're doing this is because of the health risks. They say that there's carcinogens and it's going to be in the air and that it's going to it's going to harm your respiratory issues when it's all really about control, as the uh, restaurant owner in New York City said on Fox News. I mean, it, it will halt our growth because really? remember, um, casinos, office buildings, um, uh, residential towers, they depend on us for content. Think about it. When you go to a casino in Vegas, you might go because it's a certain restaurant being there or you might buy an apartment because there's a restaurant there. The amenities are there. You, you start dealing with things like that and, and, and making restrictions where a restaurant cannot open in a, in a development. You will halt growth completely. Isn't that what they want? They don't want growth. They don't want the prosperity. They want the control. And the control is right now under the false flag of health issues and of environmental issues. We've been doing this for how long and how many people have gotten sick? The safety issues. What if the gas still blows up? How many cases of that do you hear about a year? 
going on. In fact, right now, people don't trust when you try and say that it's a health issue. People are so anti-trustful about the government and health officials right now that it's pathetic. And it's honestly going to start hurting us more than it helps us because people are going to stop going to the doctor completely when they have medical issues. I ran a local story in the Wichita area uh, about the national service. So that near 40% of Americans right now when they need to go to the doctor, are waiting to go to the doctor because right now it's too expensive to go to the doctor. So the finances are there, but they also don't trust the doctors. And it all stemmed from the COVID-19 pandemic. With the push for the vaccine, the illogical push for the mask mandates and the social distancing and isolating yourself in your home, they told us to do so much crap that was untrue that we don't trust them anymore. I'll be the first to admit, I don't trust a damn thing, anything that comes out of the CDC says. If they told me about the food pyramid, I would laugh in their face because I don't trust them that much anymore. That level of antitrust, I don't believe them. And apparently a lot of people will do as well. According to Newsmax, the latest poll from Rasmussen says that 57% of Congress should probe the CDC and investigate them over the safety of the COVID-19 vaccine. 57%. Now, this is reported by Newsmax, but the poll was done by Rasmussen, which is a relatively-ish central left-leaning poll site. And they're relatively accurate for what they poll. They don't do it on a grand scale of what everybody's thinking, obviously. But with according to that poll, 57% say that we need to investigate the CDC over the safety of the COVID-19 vaccine. Why? Because while it may still be minuscule compared to the grand population, the number of people that have reported blood clots and health issues regarding the vaccine has jumped up comparably to other vaccines that have been approved by the CDC and the FDA that are okay for the humans, and therefore that number is pretty dramatically high compared to other vaccines that are on the market. Why? Because this is still not classified technically as a vaccine. So you're telling me that almost 60% of America doesn't trust the government with the COVID vaccine and the safety, and they don't trust what the CDC is doing right now, but we're supposed to just go behind and just blindly support the fact that somehow our natural gas stove is going to be killing us because of the carcinogens burning into the air that we're breathing that's going to harm our respiratory illnesses, especially with COVID. Then you tie that into COVID. Oh, well, you got COVID and you have a gas-burning stove and you didn't get the vaccine. Man, you're going to be dead tomorrow. That's where we're at right now. 31% say that Congress should not investigate. 12% say they were uncertain, by the way, when it comes to that poll as well. So not only do the American public say we need to investigate, about 70% of Congress says that they need to investigate as well. Fascinating, isn't it? The lack of trust in our healthcare professionals, both, I think, at the statewide level in our state health departments and the CDC and FDA at the federal level, that's a cause for concern because people that truly do need some health issues and have health issues, they're not getting the care they need because we don't trust who's running the institutions any longer. That's a problem. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show. Boy, it goes on by way too fast. Thanks for hanging out as always. Hopefully you have some big fun plans for the weekend or if you're working, I give you all the sympathy in the world. I'm actually taking 
a Saturday as well. Usually I have my local program here in the Wichita area. I have a local show on Saturday mornings where we talk about state and local issues, uh, which uh, it's still happening. I still have my show, but I've recorded it uh, in advance because tomorrow is Little Voice of Reasons high, uh, high School. Good guy, stop it. It's her elementary basketball game for third grade. And I've only been able to see one the entire season, so I'm going to go to that tomorrow morning. As uh, they're always uh, every sporting event she goes to, it's always a Saturday morning event, and it drives me nuts because I never get to see them. So I'm actually going to go to that tomorrow. So I'll be trying to take off at least there. I'll be doing a lot of work though throughout the weekend as well, continuously working behind the scenes to get this show up and going where we want it to be. So welcome in as we kind of wrap up for the weekend. This uh, be aware. I mean, it's a concern with this natural gas ban. Because what's going to happen, the good news, I guess, if there's any, because I'm the eternal optimist, I like to see the glass half full here. The good news is, if there is any positive side to this, is that if these major cities do start banning natural gas, you know what's going to happen? Is that there's going to be a surplus of natural gas on the market, which means maybe that'll lower prices a little bit. Because we are going through the wintertime where Joe Biden said that we we're supposed to see natural gas and uh, uh, propane and gas bills up by like 30% for the wintertime because, well, why not, right? He loves to tell us those things, and it's all for your health. It's all for your health. They want you to be healthy. They want to isolate you. They want to control you, and it's all about how healthy they can keep you. Kind of like this headline. I laughed at it. I saw this as just about we were about ready to go on the air today, and I laughed, and I had to save it for, I guess this is the weird news of the day. Weird news of the day. But it kind of makes sense, I guess, a little bit. But now they're talking about male menopause. Now, hold on. Wait. Hold on here. (laughs) Before you start freaking out, Andy, that's the whole gender thing. No, no. They're saying that men are now falling into, quote, unquote, menopause because of depression, rapid fat gain, and extremely low levels of testosterone. Now, we know the testosterone level has been on the downslope for a while, and they continue to encourage it because of the whole beta male thing. We need to make you a beta male. You need to be very teary-eyed all the time. You don't be don't need to be the alpha male doing adrenaline things, trying to gain the attention of females, You because that's uh, ultra-masculinity, and we need to take you to an ultra-masculinity confession booth. You need to be a beta male. You need to be one of those softer guys. Well, because of the softer and because of the lack of working out or exercising or being active, there's massive drops in testosterone levels across the world. And even here in the United States, especially because of the food we eat, because of our lack of exercise, because of the daily habits that we have. And now there's hitting so low where sperm counts are extremely low for guys. I know that we've heard that as well for some of the scientists as well. But now we're starting to hit male menopause. At what level does the government say, you know what, maybe... Just thinking out loud here, maybe through our K through 12 education system, maybe we shouldn't get rid of the activities like recesses or auto shop in high school or some of the activities that we have and then just give people riddle in so that way they can stay sitting down in a classroom for 10 hours a day. Maybe we should think alternatively and do something different. I don't know. That's a crazy thought here. Maybe we should encourage active behavior when we're at the workforce and not force people to sit at a desk for 12 hours a day and then ask them to stay there longer. Maybe... We should encourage healthy behaviors by cleaning up what our food looks like to where we don't have 20 chemicals in it. What's the difference between the McDonald's fries from the United States and like the UK from like eight ingredients, like 20 ingredients? 
What kind of chemicals are they putting in that stuff? And we're encouraging that type of behavior by making food, like, I don't know, eggs that are trying to be, you know, uh, black marketed across the borders from Canada and from Mexico. We need to get rid of that stuff because it's too healthy. But let's go ahead and make cheesy poofs really cheap so that way you can buy those and just eat those. Where we're gaining the fat, we're not actually being healthy and our testosterone levels are so low that now we're dealing with male menopause. Oh, yes. That's the world we live in today. And that's why, again, do you really think we trust the government? Do you really think we trust government health officials when 60% of Americans say that we need to investigate the CDC based on COVID-19 vaccinations? And then they tell us, don't use that natural gas stove because that's going to breathe stuff into your lungs and it's going to make you breathe less. Okay. I believe you. I'm sure. You're also the ones that are promoting the unhealthy lifestyles to where we have male menopause. We're like, I don't know why. Here's a pill. It'll make you all better. <laughs> yeah, we continue to believe that one as well. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to take a weekend. How about you do the same thing? We'll reconvene again on Monday. What do you say? It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Have a great weekend.